0: Hey, what's up? It is your boy Crypto Bobby, aka Rob Payone, and welcome to the new Proof of Talent podcast. We have a phenomenal guest today, somebody who I think is really going to resonate well with the Wall Street and, and finance crowd that is interested in the world of cryptocurrency. On today's podcast, we have Anil Lula, who is the co-founder, one of the co-founders of Delphi Digital. And if you don't know Delphi, we're going to hop into it a little bit more in the podcast itself. But really in my opinion one of the premier research firms that focuses exclusively on the blockchain and cryptocurrency world they put out fantastic content on a near daily basis and in this episode we're going to discuss what anil's thought processes were when he was deciding to move on from a career at deutsche bank And previously worked at bloomberg but move on from a career on wall street to go full-time into crypto by co-founding delphi digital i think this is going to resonate with you know the folks that are working on wall street right now that have a ton of interest in the cryptocurrency world but Don't know if it's worth it to make that jump to make that risk i think you're going to get a lot of insights and information from neil throughout this podcast as always this podcast is brought to you by proof of talent it is the recruiting firm that both colton and i run and we work exclusively with companies in the blockchain and cryptocurrency world so if you are either looking for a job in the industry or perhaps you're actually hiring talent in the industry feel free to reach out directly to us. You go to proofoftalent.co or you can always hit us up on Twitter or reach out to us by carrier pigeon. It doesn't matter. Just reach out to us. All right, let's get into the interview with Anil today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. First off, uh, thanks for having me guys. Pretty excited to do this. Um, You know, essentially before I started Delphi, uh, you know, I ever since I was a kid, I've always been really interested in finance and business strategy. So in college, I majored in finance and minored in entrepreneurship funny enough. And essentially after college, I went on a start at Bloomberg where I was doing more so fixed income work, looking at uh, pretty much helping uh, structure corporate bonds onto the Bloomberg terminal and then helping uh, the Bloomberg research department uh, issue notes to kind of clients on that. uh, Spent two years there and then left to go to Deutsche Bank where um, I spent another two years uh, where I was doing Leverage Finance, CRM. Um, basically what I was doing there was, and, and you're seeing a lot of this going on right now, was uh, help, helping structure LBOs and what's going on. And I was focused on consumer and TMT back then. So for example, um, you know, one deal I worked on that's pretty famous now is uh, the Toys R Us deal and things like that. And you're seeing that right now where um, a lot of struggling companies have basically taken out too much debt and can't service the debt. Um And they're basically going, you know, filing for bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, m- most of these guys weren't prepared for, you know, a pandemic. So, um, you know, I-, I feel like LBOs are, you know, really, really kind of important more than ever right now. Um, So it was always a role that I was really interested in. But, you know, one thing I found through all my corporate jobs, and I'm sure you guys have, you know, similar stories was, um, you know, I felt like 25% of the job was what I was interested in. And then the other 75% was just learning like the processes and um, ping, playing like the politics games. So, um, you know, it's so if anyone who knows me knows like I really like learning and I like, um, like, I'm always pretty, very curious. So, um, you know, when I have like 25% of my job is just focused on the stuff I actually like and 75% is processes that five years from now I'm not really going to care about or even, you know, be doing anywhere, then uh, it was kind of time for me to leave. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's, that's definitely helpful context. And as as somebody who worked at worked at a medium sized company and then got bought by a much larger company, and I, I worked at Oracle like right before mm-hmm. I, I left to, to work in the crypto world, and seeing the just bureaucracy there was not always the most appealing thing in the world. Um, but kind of curious too, as as far as like you know, you're you're working at Deutsche Bank, uh, you're working on these big LBOs. And then uh, I'm sure like everybody else kind of catch the crypto bug. Um, what kind of prompted the decision to, you know, for you to leave a career on wall street at Deutsche Bank to, to work in the crypto world? Like what, what kind of pushed that decision along?
1: Yeah, I guess um, it, it really boils down to like three things, right? One is the people um, two was, like, and then three was um kind of like being pushed out uh, and this goes back to what I was saying earlier where um, I felt like majority of my job was just not uh, just learning these processes and stuff that I was going to be using in the future. So um, I kind of, you know, my, my roommates and partners and I kind of like laugh about it where Deutsche Bank actually helped push us out um, and, you know, start this company. So it's good from that. And then, you know, going back to what I said earlier, the people and purpose. People I started, um, you know, unlike you, I know you started this company by yourself for the first six months before you got, uh, you know, Colton on, um, first off, kudos to that. I don't know how, you know, starting a company in general <laughs> is just hard a, it a itself. Little lonely. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, with us, when we're a team of six right now, um, we're actually, uh, we just hired four more people. So we're gonna be a team of 10 starting uh, in two weeks. But, um, you know, when we originally started Delphi, it was just four of us, but us four had been, uh, you know, best friends we'd lived together for years. So, um, it was a lot easier than most other startup stories, I'd say, just cause we were all kind of in the same mindset. We knew we wanted to do something. And, uh, I guess, you know, coming back to the purpose when we were, you know, and since day one, when we kind of fell down the crypto rabbit hole, um, none of us has spent an hour uh, not thinking about it, not talking about it or not learning about it. So it was really easy to uh, see that we were really passionate about it. And one thing that, you know, we left our jobs in 2018 in the middle of the bear market Um, and one thing that I remember hearing after that crazy 2017 bull run was, you know, uh, you know, institutional money is coming. I I know, you know, Rob, you probably heard this, uh, you know, the herd is coming, uh, was like throwing around left and right. And people were just kind of saying, oh, you know, like they just need good custodians. And these guys are just going to buy up all the Bitcoin. And, uh, you know, once they have a a place to store it, um, and our team, when we heard all that, we kind of like laughed at us, uh, laughed internally, basically saying, you know, we worked with these, um, you know, people day to day in our uh, previous jobs. Our MDs were the type of people that you want to convince about Bitcoin. Um, And these people, they're not going to be buying it no matter how good the uh, custodian is or the other service providers are. They want to learn about it first. They want to actually be explained why this has value. And back then, um, you know, we couldn't really send them like a great Twitter thread and be like, hey guys, like read this. This is why, you know, Bitcoin has value. Um, Those guys aren't going to be, you know, convinced from that. So we kind of took it upon ourselves to, you know, build the most, you know, a premier research firm in the space that we could help bridge the gap between institutional investors and crypto. Um, And yeah, that that was kind of the purpose. So purpose, people, and being pushed out.
2: Nice. That's awesome. I mean, starting a company with your friends, you know, and something that you're passionate about doesn't sound, uh, can not get more ideal than that, you know? Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, and, and and one thing I'll say is like, um, you know, anyone who's listening to this is probably trying to, you know, interested in crypto and probably does have a day job. Um, it was, you know, even when I had that support system and we all had that support system and saying, okay, A, we had had good paying jobs where we, um, you know, we fully bootstrapped Delphi, so we haven't raised any uh, capital or anything like that, but uh, we each had uh, you a know, good amount of savings at least left. And also um, we had each other to kind of like lean on, but even then it was hard to be like, okay, I got to, um, you know, cut, it, it's that quote that everyone always points out, like the biggest addiction in the world is like a paycheck, right? Um, that's exactly how I felt at the moment, because um, thinking about leaving a job where even though I didn't absolutely love it, um, it was something that, you know, I could spend most of my day on and then not have to really kill myself about afterwards and still get that paycheck every week. Um, but yeah, I mean, as soon as I quit, I think all that, uh, you know, fear left and it was just kind of like, all right, it's go time. Um, there wasn't any time to like be like worried about it. Um, and I, I haven't regretted it since.
2: Yeah, I mean, that that transitions nicely into a question that I was thinking about is, is kind of like the pros and cons between you know taking that risk, not having you know a, a leaving a, a high paying job with a, a consistent salary. You know being young, you can you can you can take that risk, which is why I think the industry, the crypto industry in particular, is full of a lot of you know twenty to thirty five year olds. Um, you know, I'm, I'm curious, what was, what was the reaction from your, your former um, friends and colleagues that, that stayed yeah. on Wall Street, you know, in your previous job? What, what did they think?
1: Yeah, so um, basically, you know, I live with um, two, two of my partners at Delphi. Um, we worked at Bloomberg together and we also worked at Deutsche Bank together. We were all on the same floor. So when we we all left uh, around the same period. And so uh, when it happened, it was definitely big news uh, within the bank. I think uh, a lot of people were like, all right, these three guys just leaving the uh, crypto. <laughs> and this is also, you know, Bitcoin from 20 to 6K. Um, you know, we, I had a lot of directors who were really nice and very similar to what you just said. They'd be like, Hey, you know, this is the time to take a risk, which is their way of saying like, yo, like what, whatever, like go make this mistake now. And then, you know, <laughs> you can come back here, et cetera. Um, but funny enough, when we told, um, Like we walked in, Jan and I walked in our MDs office together and uh, told her that we were doing this. And she literally, like the first thing she said was, oh, I thought, you know, I thought Bitcoin's dead already. Like, isn't that gone? Like, and, uh, you know, spoiler alert, it's not. Um, But uh, it it was funny to see that reaction. And it kind of made us more convicted and more excited to start this because we knew there was a big opportunity ahead. And uh, one thing I'll, I'll shout out you know, my other partner, Medio. He um, tweeted this, and it kind of went semi-viral, where um, a lot of our old coworkers saw this. Um, he tweeted something like, um, "Like Deutsche, uh, you know, a lot of my uh, colleagues at Deutsche Bank thought I was taking a big risk leaving. Um, I thought they were taking a bigger risk by staying." And uh, you know, you got a lot of sl- yeah, you got a lot of slack on that for um, from his coworkers at DB. But I honestly think that's like the the best way we looked at it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's, it's funny. And I I do think it is such like an interesting, um, I mean, it's such an interesting dynamic where it's, I think that in the traditional tech world, I mean, you have such like a solid career path ahead of you or like perceived solid career path ahead of you with relatively like minimal risk. And it's like, you're going out and you're taking this huge jump into the unknown, but like, it's what you're passionate about and it's what you, you know, you want to spend your time on. So is it really that much of a risk? And, and to that point, too, I'm kind of curious, like now that you've gone through this process, it's been a few years, like if you could go back in, in time while you were working at, at Deutsche Bank, is there anything you would have like done differently to prepare yourself for a career in crypto before you know, making that jump? Like, was there anything you could have, have studied up on or done research on or do you feel like you were kind of like fully prepared as far as that went to, to make that leap yeah. at the time?
1: Yeah, I'd say, um, you know, you're never fully prepared. It's like impossible, especially in this fast-moving space like crypto. Um, but, you know, back then we were, you know, the reason we were starting it was because like at work at Deutsche Bank, it was very obvious that, you know, my roommates and my uh, partners and I, we weren't spending that much time on work anymore. We were spending a lot of our time just on, you know, Coin Market Cap and just like, you know, in random Telegram and Slack channels uh, talking to people about crypto. So, um, like a i would say like definitely you know read up as much as you can and really like fully ingrain yourself into the space i think the people who are most successful in this space they treat it as not a full-time job but a job that you spend almost overtime on 24 7. it's like a lifestyle really um, you can't really, you know, uh, excuse my language, like half-ass this space. Um, it's just like even giving it hundred percent of your time, you're gonna miss a lot of, a lot of things. So, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, keep up um, with what's going on. One thing I would probably do is start, um, you know, that anyone else out there who's, you know, in a similar position that I was, would start writing a lot. Um, you know, start writing your thoughts down. Maybe start a substack. You know, it's really easy to start like a newsletter, even if you get. 10 to 15 people, uh, max subscribed, um, you can always have that to send to potential, you know, uh, places you're trying to uh, get hired from or something, and it'll just set you apart. And honestly, um, you know, coming from, you know, a research firm, we don't uh, you know, we really don't know what we're going to be publishing and uh, the analysis we're going to be publishing till we start, you know, we pick a topic and then we go in and that's when we actually learn about it, you know? Um, so, you know, you might say you know, some people out there might be like, Oh, I read, you know, this newsletter every week. I, I read this every week. So like I'm pretty well versed in the market. Uh, I think once you start writing and putting, you know, pen and paper, it's when you really realize like, Oh wow, how little I do know.
2: Yeah. I think, that's something that um, can be super valuable. Even even like a, a tweet thread. A lot of people just just put out threads, exactly. uh, you know, and it's it it's not that um, you know time consuming to do, but it, it just shows that efforts there. Um, you know, I'm curious when I'm talking to a lot of people that are in maybe working in Wall Street now. Um, when I'm talking with them on the phone, they're interested in getting into crypto, um, and they're talking to me about the translatable skills, you know, and things that you that you picked up on Wall Street. Like, were there any particular skills you gained from working on Wall Street that you found that were were really helpful, uh, things that translated nicely?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, you know, one thing that we really lean heavily on is kind of just our financial background. Um, So being able to understand how you can value some of these as well as how some of these can accrue value is, I think, uh, you know, especially when we first got started, um, I really don't think anyone was really looking at it as uh, in the weeds as we were. Um, You know, now you you do have a lot of great analysts out there that, um, you know, are actually looking at metrics and things like that, uh, which is great. I think that's an edge that um, people from finance definitely have. Um, So I think that's like a huge skill that in itself could be really valuable to pretty much any type of firm project, et cetera, um, uh, in this space right now. Um, Other than that, I think, uh, you know, uh, a big part of most finance jobs, um, you know, is just editing decks and making the decks look, uh, you know, nice and also very concise. Sounds and I fun. Think, yeah. Yeah. That, that's the, that's you the guys, part of the job. You guys right?
0: tell if I do have very pretty PDFs and decks, oh, yeah. so I will give you that. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, I appreciate it. And I think one thing that's really helped us is, um, you know, whenever I sent a deck to, um, you know, our, our MD or director, it would come down, come back with oh, always, no matter how thought, uh, well I thought I did it, they'd redline and cross out a bunch of, you know, stuff over there. Cause they're just like, listen, I don't even have time to read this. Uh, The client's not gonna have time to read this. Um, You want as less noise as possible and the most valuable information possible. And that's, you know, when we first started Delphi, that's exactly how we approach every report where it's, um, you know, we've published a lot of reports out there that we might have another 10, 15 pages that we just keep in the back, um, you know, for maybe future reports, future analysis that we just cut because, you know, either at that point, it wasn't actionable for our clients or um, it just uh, was adding to the noise. So I think that's um, something that, you know, really helped us with Delphi. But- also, will just help um, you know anyone trying to lead to join any organization in crypto. something like in crypto branding, marketing, like you got to have all the skills, right? You can't just be good at one thing. Um, so you know, picking that up from a traditional finance role, I think helps a lot as well.
0: Yeah, and, and coming from from that traditional finance background, like, is there anything I know you talked about the speed at which the the, the space moves um, right now? But is there anything that's like really surprised you about working in the crypto space? versus like what you were previously doing outside of like the speed and, and kind of the rate of, of change.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think the speed is definitely the most surprising, but, um, uh, I guess one thing that, you know, is definitely surprising is in, you know, in like, you know, my old organizations, we, I was really close knit with my teams for sure. You know, I really like the people I work with, but, um, there was so many different divisions. So it was, you know, big corporations where if I did want to work, need help from some other team, it'd be really hard to, you know, sometimes coordinate with them. Um, And this was like in the same company. So you're, you know, supposed to be fighting for the same team, but it felt like everyone was kind of like, you know, know, focused on their own self-interest. Oh, I can pass this on to another team. I don't have to worry about it. You know, I don't want to do this work. Whereas in crypto, even though, you know, I might not be on the same team as uh, someone, uh, everyone's so kind of like open, open to collaboration, uh, open to sharing. I think everyone here, um, like one thing that we all prioritize, uh, you know, as a group is just like learning as much as possible. So even though on crypto Twitter, you might see some people who are closed minded and, you know, are, you know, maximalist and never you know, uh, like in a, <laughs> a specific protocol or something like that. Uh, I think for the most part, that's a very small fraction of the crypto community. I think the people who are actually working and building these things are really open to learning as much as possible because, I mean, this is all new, right? We're all doing this for the first time. So I I think that's huge. And, you know, as an equity research analyst uh, at like you know, even Goldman getting, you know, Tim Cook on the phone, if you're covering Apple is impossible. But over here, uh, one benefit that we really have as uh, you know, a research firm is any protocol that we cover, um, you know, even if it's Ethereum, we can, we can talk to Vitalik pretty easily. So um, that's uh, a huge help to us, it really helps us understand the projects a lot better. And it's something that, you know, it's obviously our brand definitely helps us um, with the initial reaching out. but even when we didn't have a brand, uh, when we were first getting started, teams were really approachable. And, you know, once they, once they like just taking interest in their projects, they're happy to talk about it.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I was just going to so, say the access in the spaces is, is wild. Like the, yeah. the ability for the, I mean, on, for on, in, a, in a positive way and in a negative way, like the ability for, know, a team like Delphi to go into, you know, have an intelligent conversation with somebody like Vitalik or, you know, a protocol founder, I think is awesome. Cause then that information gets relayed to, to the layman person like me, but then you also have the unprecedented ability, like minus maybe Elon Musk of like in the, versus the traditional world, like you can't really yell at a CEO on Twitter and get a response. Exactly. Whereas in Twitter, like there are these multi-billionaires uh, in the crypto world that's like some random dude in his, in his basement is yelling at yeah. Brian Armstrong and he's <laughs> reacting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly.
2: Um, I had a, a, a thought like, and you said, there's a lot of noise out there, you know, um, in just in terms of, um, you know, people on Twitter or what have you, uh, I'm curious, like, how do you guys focus? Like what is the most challenging part about producing like really high quality research? Like what are a couple things that you guys focus on as a team to make that happen?
1: yeah so it's um it, it is really our job and we have a lot of me- weekly meetings kind of like discussing this and it's an ongoing thing um basically the uh, there's like a benefit to it too where there's so much content in the space that we know we're never going to run out of things to cover um but our biggest uh you know one thing that we really focus on is what's most actual for our clients and uh we're trying to also you know, this market, while, while we do a lot of fundamental analysis, right now, this market is also played by um, trades on a lot of narratives, right? So one thing is understanding the current na- narrative, like obviously, you know, DeFi and yield farming is really hot right now. But more so uh, because it takes us time to work on these reports and publish them. We want to catch a narrative. You know, we want we, we want to start thinking about narratives that people are going to be talking about at the end of this year right now so we can start publishing reports so our clients can start thinking about this ASAP um so it's 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 cool for us because uh it helps us really think about um this like these meet these meetings are great for us because we kind of think about it from all different angles um there are a lot of reports that we have you know we kind of have reports that we know we're going to put out by say q2 2021 but we just don't know when we'll just look for the most opportune time to publish something like on that
0: yeah, that's, uh, I mean, just how quickly, and I, I saw your report today a little bit, I think it was on on Curve, but like the the pace of the narrative changes is crazy and how fast everything moves. Um, one thing I'm kind of curious about, so for, you know, somebody that was in your position a few years ago, you know, slaving away in a Wall Street cubicle, or maybe not right now because nobody's in the office, or I sure. hope nobody in finance is in the office, but somebody working... In a in a Wall Street type role right now, like and, and interested in the crypto industry, wanting to maybe you know take their career in that direction, like what advice might you have for, for somebody kind of in that position right now looking to to make a move?
1: Yeah, so um, a lot of people have reached out, um, you know, since we started Delphi just for similar advice. And what I always tell them is, um, a start writing right and uh, publishing as much as you can, um, and. Be subscribed to like good services like uh, obviously us, um, you know, um, like I think being well versed in what's going on in this space is huge, especially when you do want to take that leap and um, you know, try and get hired somewhere. If you go in for an interview um, at any kind of reputable firm in the space right now, that space, uh, whoever's interviewing you probably eats the drinks Crypto. So you got to be at their level to be able to, you know, talk about what's going on in yield farming. You got to understand what's going on, or at least have a specific sector that you have an expertise in, right? Um, so yeah, I, I mean, the best way to think about it though is like if you're doing that, it shouldn't be work to you. Um, like when we when we were at uh, DB and we were doing that, it was also in our free time, right? And it wasn't like we didn't know we were 100% going to start Delphi. Uh, we didn't know if we were going to like lead to join like a fund or something like that. Um, but we just knew we were really interested in it. It, it felt like play to us, right? So um, do kind of what comes natural. Like if, if um, you know, if it's a struggle where you have to set an hour every day and you're just sitting on your computer and just reading and you're like, oh man, I hate this. And it's an hour that you don't look forward to, then maybe crypto isn't the space for you. Um, but if it's something that, you know, you look forward to and, you know, you're at work and in between emails, you're, you know, checking crypto Twitter, bookmarking some tweets, then yeah, this is probably a place that you, you should be in.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I see that all the time when I'm talking to, um, you know, candidates for the first time. You can just tell when someone eats, sleeps, breathes crypto, you can just tell. Exactly. Yeah, It's like and, the easiest
1: thing, right? Like uh, it doesn't take longer, longer than five minutes.
2: <laughs> right. And those people are, they're the best at, when it comes more often than not, when, when they're interviewing people or when they're going into an interview, they're well-prepared, they're well-versed, they know what to expect. Um, and they're, most often the, the best candidates to get placed. So that's a, it's a, a great kind of parallel there in your industry and mine. So um, that's neat. And and what are some of your favorite kind of resources, like you know, books, podcasts, things that whether you were getting started uh, that you um, kind of dove into or uh, YouTube channels, whatever, what have you? Yeah,
1: yeah. Honestly, there's so much great content being uh, published right now that, um, you know, you could kind of slip and fall into a great crypto content. Um, following the right people on crypto Twitter is huge. I think a lot of people don't get the credit they deserve on uh, crypto Twitter. Um, you know, there are other firms, you know, obviously I'm biased, but I, I do think, um, you know, if you subscribe to us, you, uh, basically get everything you need to know about, you know, the main narratives in crypto, uh, you know, in your inbox every, every day and every week. Um, but I think, you know, there, you know, a lot of places like you know coin metrics their newsletter is great they have great data you can start fooling around with that in Excel um you also have uh you know Spencer Nunes like our network uh newsletter like this is these are great for a couple different reasons one it helps you stay informed in the market it also helps you um you know something that Spencer's done which I think is great as he gets all these different contributors it, it helps you get the perspective of someone who focuses on that protocol and how they're thinking about it so um i think things like that are great podcasts in the space are um you know are uh, a blessing in disguise even though there are so many of them um i really think people who leverage them can get much further because you get to sit in on conversations with um you know kind of key industry leaders um and kind of you know when we're researching a project um, there's pretty much nothing we don't uh, dive into. So we'll dive into any podcast they've recently done in the last six months. We'll do um, any, you know, any, everything on the Twitter, Twitter, we'll read, we'll read all their documentation, obviously, their white paper, all their, um, anything they've uploaded. And then pretty much also we'll go in their Telegram and kind of like keep up with their chat every day. Um, it's actually like, you know, once you start doing it, you'll realize how much uh, asymmetric information is actually out there. Um that people just a- aren't being acting on. um so yeah, there there's just a lot lot of different uh, different ways to go about it,
0: yeah, it's uh, it's there's so much really information <laughs> overload at this point in time, which is crazy. Um, but, uh, you know, thinking about just like your career in crypto thus far, kind of curious, like now that you've you know obviously had a you know traditional Wall Street background and have had the chance to kind of participate in the industry for um you know a few years now if there's been anybody that's been particularly influential throughout your like crypto career thus far, whether it was somebody that pushed you in, in one direction or another, or it's just kind of helped you and the Delphi team along the way, um, you know, is, is there anybody that comes to mind?
1: Yeah. I mean uh, like obviously a corny answer is going to be, you know, just like my team in general. I think, um, you know, I spend 24-7, uh, six with these guys in telegram so we're always chatting and i've lived with two of them um the great thing is because we have you know now we have a team of 10 uh you know in the next two weeks we have so many different people that are in the weeds and we're all in different directions so learning from them uh like my own team is probably the people who i've learned the most from in crypto which is uh you know something i'm proud to say but i guess the non-corny answer would probably be uh you know uh the one and only pump he sits on our board he basically really um you know lit a fire under us uh you know early last year when a he helped us uh he helped coordinate the merger between us and Tom and 51%. And you know, really off since then we've been off to the races. Um and you know, even though Pomp and us, we have like totally kind of different styles as well, you know, we're way more, you know, professional, we're geared towards institutional funds and stuff like that. Um, you know, but p- the compliment of having pomp on the board and just like being able to t- touch base with them, uh, you know, every now and then is, uh, you know, really helpful and he's definitely, yeah, he, he's definitely helped a lot.
0: Awesome. And, uh, you know, just thinking, I guess one segue, I know you just mentioned you're going from about six people to 10. What did you look for? Like when hiring those people, you know, coming from now a position where you you know, you're a co-founder and you're kind of expanding your team and, and bringing new people aboard, um, was there anything in particular that like stood out about certain people, candidates that you ended up hiring um, that made them really appealing to you or maybe going through, you know, I'm sure you spoke to a bunch of different people, yeah. like anything that was on the flip side, like not really appealing at all. Yeah. Yeah. So we've
1: never put out um, like a, a job posting or anything like that. And obviously if we did, we'd come straight to you guys. Um but uh you know when we hire everyone we've hired so far has kind of been inbound to us. And one that you know the, our first hire uh this analyst Paul he's um you know absolutely crushed it for us and he's been with us for um over a year now actually uh the way he reached he reached out to me on Twitter and DMs just saying hey um you know I just want to learn etc. Big fan of you guys uh would love to like intern for you guys. Um first off you know right off the bat that shows initiative and you know when he came in to meet with us we sat in a room for maybe you know an hour or two and just talked crypto uh didn't even talk about like uh you know anything really really serious we just were shooting the shit about crypto that in in itself was kind of like okay this guy's really passionate about the space um and then not only that uh you know he joined he started interning us uh for us early last year and we weren't at a you know point where we could start, you know, hiring someone and start allocating, uh, you know, a monthly salary to this guy yet. So he kind of interned for us for free for the, for the first, like, two, three months. Um, and eventually, as soon as we were able to, you know, hire him and we grew our recurring revenues, he was the first, uh, you know, decision we made. Um, you know, our, our one of our newer hires, Alex, uh, Alex, he's joining uh, actually this week. Um, he, he's basically been talking to me, and, you know, our teammates for months now, he's even helped us on some research reports where he's pulled data and showed us how he he's thought about it. He led a recent report that we did. Um, it was just showing initiative and he was doing all that while working a job at Barclays. So he was doing that full time. And then at night he would come home and uh, work on this. And he like, we would tell him like, hey man, like you don't need to do this stuff. Like, uh, you know, we can handle it, et cetera. But he'd be like, oh no, like A, I want to free up your time and B, like I'm actually interested in it anyway. So I want to do this. So uh, those were like, uh, they kind of hired themselves for us, really. It, it wasn't even a question uh, to bring those guys on. But, um yeah, I, I guess the main things I'd look for is a, obviously, someone really passionate about uh, crypto and then B, someone really curious and then see someone who's able to, you know adapt. Um, I think that's like probably the biggest skill needed in i I'd say any any job uh, now na- nowadays, especially given like, you know, the time we're in, uh, you just need to be adapted. And if you run into a problem, um, there's no need to like complain or anything like that. You just got to figure out, figure out a way around it. Um, so, uh, I think that's, those are the three main things that we kind of like hire off of.
0: That's awesome. I appreciate, uh, I appreciate the insight, uh, on, on the hiring process. And it's funny. Cause I think I know one, one or two of the guys you had mentioned, um, just from running proof yeah. of talent, <laughs> but, um, Now going, uh, going, going towards the tail end here. So Colton and I have done something on the podcast in the past called pump it, dump it, where we just each name, each name, something that, you know, we're buying and or, you know, selling in the industry. Um, so Colton, I'll I'll kick it off to, I'll kick it off to you Colton first. So you get an idea of, of, of the, of the game. We'll throw it to to you and then I'll finish off, but Colton kick it off, man.
2: I'm obviously, I'm um, pumping Rune. I mean, that's why we're all <laughs> here, right? <laughs> I love it. Gotta pump Rune. Shout out to Delphi. Um, also, Dump It. Um, this is something that I saw on Twitter going on today. Just like, the, And we touched on it in the beginning, kind of. But the, the, the sort of crypto gatekeepers, you know, the people that are kind of like the, you know, short-sighted stunt the growth of the industry like we're in the recruiting business you guys are in the research business like reaching out proactively to clients and things like that like that's a good way to keep people out of the industry in my opinion you know just having people on the front lines that have the loud voices kind of you know the maximalist quote unquote um i don't think that's good for growth um and being in in recruiting it just makes it um, so much more difficult when you when you want to bring people in and you want to facilitate growth. Um, that's just not the right way to do it, in my opinion. So I'm dumping uh, the crypto gatekeepers.
1: <laughs> nice, nice. I like
2: that. Did
0: any anything come to come to mind for you off the off the top?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, so I'll, I'll take a step back So like you know, right now pumping. Obviously, people are like the no brainer answers or things like, you know, DeFi and, uh, you know, even stablecoin growth right now is pretty crazy but um i think a narrative that you know we're, we're pretty excited about and i think is going to come around you know later this year um and especially next year is going to be more so gaming projects and gaming tokens i think um that's definitely going to be a big uh you know net narrative that people aren't paying attention to right now and i know it's probably because uh you know in 2017 2018 everyone said gaming is going to be you know the move for mainstream adoption and everyone made fun of any funds that invested in that but i really do think now the times uh you know near where we're going to get some really cool and interesting games. Um, as far as dumping, I do like uh, Colton's answer a lot. Um, <laughs> I'd say I'd say, you know, obviously dump things like, uh, you know, XRP always. But um, <laughs> one, one, one thing I dump is probably like, uh, you know, on crypto Twitter, all this like um, the those ego tweets, like people will tweet something just to like it, either a put someone down or b like try and act like they're better. Um, when there's no value add, I get upset when I'm like scrolling through my Twitter feed and I'm looking for useful content. And I even spend a second reading that I'm like, man, like you wasted my time for something that like, is so like now all, all I all that information gave me is that I like you a little less. So, uh, ego tweets on crypto Twitter.
0: That's funny. It's and I, I, I totally, totally agree. And I think for, <laughs> you know, for me, um, I'm thinking about pumping agriculture just in general, the field of agriculture <laughs> in general <laughs> yeah. is yield farming is, is what's hot right now. It's hot in the street. Um, and, uh, I think I am for the time being, um, I am dumping, uh, I'm dumping ETH heads, even though I'm pumping yield farming and it's, it's just, it's mostly joking, but I do think it's really funny that like, you know, all these protocols and all these different kind of, uh, you know, platforms that are leveraging Ethereum are just like, no, know, 100, 200, 300, 400% gainers and ETH is just chilling in a yeah. range with Bitcoin. And, and people <laughs> that are, are big Ethereum fans are like, why is this not moving? What's happening? Why is this not going yeah. up? And it's just like, well, we just don't know if the value accrues there yet. Exactly. So for the time being, I'm dumping that value, that DeFi or <laughs> Ethereum locked in DeFi somehow translate to translates to Ethereum at $2,000 or whatever. It might be. Yeah, so you,
1: you're definitely going to get some tweets about that. So uh, enjoy those. That's right. Right. all
0: right. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a DeFi shit coiner, a ETH boy, uh, whatever, <laughs> whatever. I'll be a middleman, Dan. But, <laughs> um, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to join us today. It was awesome to learn more about your background. Uh, you know, how you kind of left wall street to, to build Delphi and pump that the growth of your company is continuing on with some new headcount. And as always, man, really love the research you guys put out.
1: Yeah, no, no, I appreciate it, guys. Really, really love what you guys are doing. I think um, Proof of Talent is only going to get bigger. Um, you know, as you guys, I saw you just hired another, you know, you're hiring another person. So yeah, that's great. I think um, I, I'm excited for all the people you bring into the space. I think, uh, you know, the space really needs it. So uh, best of luck.
0: Thanks so much. Really appreciate Thanks. it.